Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So this is coming out morning of Wednesday, November 4th, Mm. but it is currently... Election Day, which I don't think exists anymore since people have been voting for like six fucking weeks. Well, yeah, right? for this election. I mean, yeah, it's usually a big day. Just, counting Day, should it be called now? Yeah, Counting Day. Counting Day. Although well, we should have off of work, maybe eventually. But kind of a, a strange time. My idea was to have a couple people on who are comfortable. Yeah. Friends of the program. <laughs> right. Almost a panel discussion. Uh, in talking about it, I wrote those guys saying, hey, let's just keep it loose. Let's just all talk to each other. I don't have that much stuff. And Jeff said, no, serious <laughs> interviews only. I want one 70-minute question apiece. And then I said that I was going to be Walter Cronkite. Jeff was going to be Peter Jennings. And I thought Chris Farron was... A little Joe Rogany. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said that Stereo Gum called him a little Rogan esque. I don't know if he found it funny or not. I, Chris is a I hard guy to that. gauge like that, you know. It's not funny. No, I don't. I don't think it's funny. <laughs> I tried. I'm trying to bring a little light to the day, even though the interview got a little dark at times. It's hard not to avoid it in these times. But I thought it would be fun. To just have some friends on talking for a little while in case we need a distraction today. We did still get good insight about the daily lives and the mysteries of Antarctica Vespucci. Yeah, we did. Chris and Jeff. It's who a, live like two minutes away from each other. It's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. So uh, how do you think it went? I think it's a wonderful interview. It's a good wonderful. show. It's a great show to listen to on the day after Election Day. I mean, I got to assume, you know, by the time people might see this on Wednesday morning, I don't think we're still really going to know know. what's going on yet. I don't think so. So there's going to be anticipation. There's going to be these things. They're going to need something to distract from the fucking news cycle. That's right. Here it is. (laughs) That's right. I remember, you know, what's so weird is so I worked at a newspaper, uh, called the Daily Targum in, in Rutgers. And I believe, what was the election that was super hotly uh, contested 
um, with the hanging chat. Yeah, that's W W versus versus Gore. Versus Gore was that 06? That would have been right. 06 sound right? No, it was 2000, dude, because it was right before 9-11. Oh, man. I'm old. Yeah, we would have had... Okay. We wouldn't have had the fucking war in Iraq if those hanging chads hadn't held us up. That's true. So I worked at a newspaper. And, like, at that point, our newspaper normally wrapped you know, the actual content of the paper by, you know, 11, 12 at night. And, you know, then we had to go to press and all the things to actually get it out by the morning. Right. And if you went much further than, I believe the printing press started charging you a fine every 15 minutes at 2 a.m. So if you started uh, pushing past 2 a.m., you were paying a great sum of money every 15 minutes for pushing them so far back. Because right. imagine... From two o'clock in the morning, what it takes to receive, plate, press, and deliver a newspaper. You know, you're kind of fucking them over. So it turned out because of our our fear of the printing press, but also uh, trumping our fear of being wrong. I sat at work all night long until like six in the morning because we didn't officially know the results. Right. And it turned out for a college newspaper and what we were, one of the only papers in the country that didn't run a statement about who won. It actually ran a, I don't know, there's still some things that are contested. But to imagine like 20 years ago, we were so accustomed to having an answer that night. Right. Right. Like election day was election day. Yeah. And it's crazy. Like, I don't know when this changed, when like, we have, like, election few days and, like, like everything well, it's just, it seems so intentionally convoluted right now. It's you because know? of the close elections. And also remember that, like, you know, that election as well, Bush lost the popular vote. I mean, as it turns out, he lost that election. Yeah. And since it was close, that's why it took time. And I think that's been the case. I don't think... I don't think it's as new as you think. I think this election, because of the pandemic and because of all the mail-in votes, that's why they're telling people, look, it's not it could it's going to take some time. I think there's always those mail-in votes that they count after the election. But generally, they know how many mail-in votes they have and they know that they're not going to sway the results, I think, is the way it works. But if it's a close election, the potential, yeah, it's it's. The potential for them not knowing for days or even weeks, I think. Like, yeah, the hanging chat thing went on for weeks. That yes, recount, weeks, yeah, and was, was eventually wild. not settled. Was settled by the Supreme Court, if you recall. They called it. They said to stop counting. Yeah. Um, ah, well, I hope it doesn't get to that again. In two thousand, I did vote for Ralph Nader. I will admit it, but yeah. it was at a time when that felt and seemed a lot safer. Right. Ralph Nader, for you young children, was Bernie Sanders 20 (laughs) years ago. Yeah, yeah. He was trying to promote the uh, third party. Yeah. Which I, I, it's questionable whether we need a third party. It's, it's going to be, it's impossible for one to take root in this country, the way things are going now. But I mean, yeah, it's the idea of a third party is not, there was, there was a time when it was more practical. And I think that time was like a hundred years ago, you know? I don't know. What if? Let's just say, like, so, I, you know, it's not like I came up with this theory uh, or prediction. A lot of people a lot smarter than me have. But this idea that, like, 
if Trump like unequivocally loses, you know, like like couldn't actually contest it and unequivocally loses that the, the second it's over, he's going to declare his candidacy in 2024. Right. He's never going to stop campaigning. Right. He's going to stay on the trail. He's going to keep his base. He's going to keep the whole crowdfunding machine going. And then in 2024, by then, he's going to take all the money and go to Russia. (laughs) The Republican Party reels reels back and they're a little more normalized and not as far out as they were right now. And he's like, oh, they're a bunch of wimps now. They think Obama was born in America. I'm running the Trump ticket. You know, like that's how a third party could happen right now. Yeah, maybe. Or what if Barack comes back and does the same thing? No, I don't, you know? I don't think it'll work. Michelle? I don't know. What am I saying? I'm not a fucking... I don't know about enough... I'm we not don't a political know story. <laughs> no, no. We are both, like, like fairly good, basically jobless musicians. So, yeah, uh, like, I don't think we have the right to talk too much about political theory. But I wanted to do this episode to just try to, like, have some buds on talk a little bit like just enjoy like some pleasantries but in a real way because a lot of the things i was asking about i'm really curious you know the the thing as someone who's traveled like 49 states in this country and most of them extensively i've literally been to places where you know five minutes into a conversation a couple things i hear and i'm like oh I'm like the first Jewish person you've ever talked to in your life. <laughs> and there's a couple of questions that come out where I'm like, oh, I really am. You don't know what's going on. You sound really out of touch, but it's not from a place of malice. It's right. literally from a place of confusion. And so much of it to me, I feel like, you know, I guess it's something I've resented this whole time is this idea that someone from... You know, I have no resentment towards small town America. I, you know, I have resentment about someone from small town America who's never really left small town America telling me what this country is like. Right. Right. And telling me who's good and telling me who's bad and which places are good and which places are bad because you just don't fucking know. Sorry. Like your whole experience of it is secondhand and you don't really know. And, you know, somebody who's gotten out there and traveled and done and still lands on the same uh, morality, I can no longer give them the uh, the mulligan of ignorance. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like people who've never left their town, people who are severely undereducated or just never, like, got into it like that, like, they get a mulligan to me. It, it's like yeah. they never have, like, a choice, really. Right. It's just simply your exposure in your life. And if you never jump outside of that, you know, there's people in, in tribes in the middle of the jungle somewhere who, who still think like, you know, they're gods who did like things people convince themselves when they never leave, you know? (laughs) So I do think there's some truth to that, but on that logic, wouldn't the idea of globalism and, and, you know, massive communication and the idea that like something horrible can happen somewhere 6,000 miles away and all these people can see a video of it and actually understand it and know the direct source of it. You'd think that would maybe change things. And well, and honestly, the optimistic side of me still think it has. Well, it's, that was the, you know, I, I think, I don't know if you remember, but at the kind of the birth 
not the birth of the internet, but sort of like, you know, kind of the post crash, right? When things, when the internet really got going again, like in the early 2000s, maybe that was kind of this, the hope was that, that this, you know, this instant connection all over the world, this access to knowledge was going to break down all these barriers and was going to prevent these misunderstandings from happening. Yeah. And instead, it's amplified the misunderstandings. This was yeah. not something that anybody really foresaw. They foresaw just the opposite, that like there's no way that these, you know, evil countries will be able to keep doing evil if like yeah. it's it's out there for everybody to see, you know, and then sure. and, like the Arab Spring kind of like, you know, ratified that a little bit. But then really it's done more harm than good in that it's it's amplified sort of the divisions. Well, it's 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 given the the avenue for misinformation to yeah. burn so yeah. much faster and so much quicker. You right. know, I, I tried to use I used a sort of crude analogy at some point, but I think it's kind of true. It's like if you walk into a Waffle House anywhere in America at like three or four in the morning, there's like usually a table of pretty scary dudes. <laughs> Like, especially <laughs> people you don't see in New York. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. These guys are out. They're out drinking. Yeah. There's no woman in sight. They all came together. Right. And you know what? Just problems are afoot. Yes. You know? And yes. God knows what happens yes. at this table. Uh, and the only analogy I could come up with is the fact that, like, at three in the morning, the guys at this table found another table just like them. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was. It used to be a town away, right. and they never met each other. Right. But now they get drunk, they're online, <laughs> and they're sharing waffles together right. here, you know, like me- metaphorically <laughs> sharing waffles, uh, you know, you know, talking it up. It's right. it's 3.30, I've had an Adderall, I've had half a bottle of wild turkey. No, the Holocaust doesn't exist, right. you know? Right, right. Like, I think that's like, part of the issue and and not to say the same thing doesn't happen on the other side right you know i've seen a lot of misinformation doctored videos things that really only tell one part of the story you know like because you know any uh algorithm that follows me is trying to enrage me with things that are you know no it's true it's true to keep to keep me clicking around yeah so Part of this to me and part of my efforts are like, I know sometimes it can really come off uh, like you're passing the buck or you're minimizing what's happening by not engaging in like political theater or not being like super vocal about what you want people to believe. But at the same time, I feel like it might be the best route to stop feeding this machine, you know, like. There are a lot of people getting rich as fuck right now on everything that's happening. Right. You know, and and everything that's happening was semi doctored by them to do exactly what's happening. Right. So I feel like in order to not be a fucking sucker, like we're all getting duped by the same assholes. You know (laughs) what I mean? And and that's why I like less clicks and less uh, views on the advertisements they're selling in between enraging you might be one of the best tactics to bringing it all down a notch. I don't know. I don't know what other kind of power someone like me has, you know? Well, just have the power to talk, baby. Yeah. Let them know. Gift the gab. Let them know we're here. And we like rock. 
We like to I rock. started this interview with Jeff and Chris today. I was like, all right, I'm going to not write down too many questions and maybe get a little toasty before I do it. <laughs> and I feel like the first 20 minutes, I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> It's oh, no. the first. It start. This show starts very well. This is fun. We should. Yeah. We should actually just jump into it because this. Should just, we jump in? This is a we're just gonna blast. bump people out more. This is yeah. a blast okay. of a show, and and some people may need to hear it. Did you know Chris Farron's from the corner of New York and Manhattan <laughs> Avenue? I never knew. Oh, <laughs> well, you're gonna find out. <laughs> The arsonist had oddly shaped feet. The arsonist. <laughs> that squirrel can water ski. Hello. <laughs> the arsonist had oddly shaped feet. Hello, Chris. Hey, Jeff. Hi, Benny. Hi, Brad. Can we, Hi, friends. Can we just do, for like an hour, can we just do that, like random, randomness? Give me something else to say. <laughs> I'll, I'll, say it in a great I'll, re- I'll repeat anything. This yeah. is our first <laughs> art podcast. This is our first art podcast. I've heard of going off track, but um, going art track? Chris? Going art track? Chris? Hey, that's a good joke. You know I like that kind of humor. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks hey, my pleasure. On. Everything sounds okay? Yeah, you guys sound like Brad, pros. tell me. You sound like professionals. Nice. We are. You guys are no problem because yeah. you both sit at home and like record records and shit. It's easy. That's for you right. Guys. We we're also podcasters. Yeah. yeah, famously. Yeah. What's this new one? It's the same one. It's our Lost podcast. Back to the island. But you're done with Lost, right? No, we have one more episode of Lost to watch, but so we're we're just dragging the podcast out until. Oh, I see. <laughs> so we had Bat to the Eye Man. Or, oh, is that? Can you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Thank you. You want some some synth, oh. Scott? Yeah. Wait, wait, Jeff. What do you have on there that could sound like the Adams Family or something? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I mean. Give me, give me a second. I, I'm only plugged joke. into my Juno, which does not isn't like a uh, it's a synth. But uh, this one, my little PC says it's an accordion. Whoa! No, no that's crazy. <laughs> oh wait, that's uh, pretty good. Oh uh, no. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Jeff, what's the perfect joke lick? Perfect joke lick? Yeah, like if someone tells a funny, I'm looking at Chris, what's the perfect like little like Seinfeld baseline thing you could play? I have no idea. Oh, I'm not <laughs> like I I don't have my slap bass bass and slap bass shit. They call, they call no. it like a sting or something. Sting. I'm really bad at like joke stings. Uh I just try and not make any I'm just like that person's being funny. I should not do anything when it's joke sting time. I'm not good at it. I wish I was good. It'd probably make me better. Oh, oh, well, I have a slide whistle, but it's upstairs. I got this. This would be good. Like a... <laughs> yeah, that's mine. 
Yeah. And that's my vibra slap. Oh, that's my vibra slap. And then why didn't you do it? Because <laughs> you have it at your house. No, that's the fucking oldest lie oh any old, old person would ever tell. Oh, my God. Yeah, Chris, I don't believe you don't have an in-house vibra slap right now. I used to. <laughs> oh, what happened? Tell me your sob story. I lent it to my best friend. <laughs> It is true. This is Chris's vibra slap, and he lent me his melodica. What's me and Chris best? live near each other, so we lend each other stuff frequently, what, I'd say now. What's the best rock. use of a vibra slap in a song? Is it cake? <laughs> no. Uh, um, shit. What's, uh, maybe, I think it's the song As One by Rancid. Oh. But Rancid is the best vibra slap band, I think. Interesting, because like Wait, you know about, they do like an Ozzy like intro. Let's go, and then you know. But wait, what about the Ozzy song? Isn't like oh, is that in Crazy Train? Yeah, Crazy Train is wicked. Crazy Train's got a slap. Okay, yeah, well, two different things. Isn't there rock music and rock music? There's a vibra slap in what is the what is like the most famous westerns? The Ennio Morricone. Oh, the good, bad, and the ug yeah. and the uggo. Yeah, yeah, everything in those. That might be the most widely used slap around. Yeah, it's true. Hey, yeah. Chris, what's up? Can you turn your mic up just so I can hear you more? Yes, hold on. And can everybody? I met, oh, I just accidentally turned hello, something. Hello. Over. Oh, that there it is. Different. Hello. Yes, baby. Thank you, my wow. friend. Can now you hear me okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody sounds fantastic now. Thank Great. you. Thank you for producing. How about if I had a little bit of chorus on my voice? <laughs> <laughs> Are we, is this the pod? Yes, no. Oh, yeah. That we're was in. it. We're done. Oh, we're in. Thank you. Oh, yeah, we're in it. And you're out. You're out. Cool. Go get a burrito, whatever you people in Southern California do. I mean, you know, you would, you, Everybody likes a burrito. Oh, yeah. That's true. I might be eating a burrito right now. What's it to you? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> there it is. I'm so what sorry, Chris. Most? What do you miss most from Greenpoint, food-wise? Oh, uh... Well, pizza pie! Yeah, pizza. <laughs> it's, it's 100%. Wait, Chris, what was that accent? The, it's, I'm from Green New Point. York. Hello, <laughs> Jolly, uh, good day. It's me. I'm from New York, mate. <laughs> oh, spot on. Chris, are you originally from New York? Yeah, right down there in Greenpoint. <laughs> you sound punk, too. I was born at the Greenpoint Medical Building. Ah, what's, what's the cross streets there? New York in Manhattan streets. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Right on. That's a great neighborhood. <laughs> and New Sorry, York and, and and he's leaving. <laughs> he left. Sorry, it, that guy is gone. How do you how do you get a taxi just an, like that? A, You're in California. A New <laughs> York true. taxi pulled up to the front door of my house and he got in and he left. That's a real New Yorker. Jeff, that's Hollywood baby. <laughs> that's you know? a New Yorker in Hollywood, baby. That's Hollywood baby. You just think of it. Um, I, I guess uh, nothing stays open past like if, if a restaurant stays open past ten o'clock here, you're lucky. And I'm very used to just like getting a falafel at like one o'clock in the morning if I feel like it. So, oh, yeah. 
That's that's something I miss. Uh, how about all my friends? <laughs> <laughs> you can't eat your friends. We all, hey, <laughs> not if, if we go. <laughs> okay, go um, on. Yes. No, that's okay. <laughs> I feel like L.A. though has an underrated diner scene. Like, of all the places in America, you can get like good greasy spoon kind of diner food at all hours of the night in Los Angeles. It's definitely that's one true. Not at all hours of the time. night? No, they I don't think so. I don't well, think they're twenty four hours. I don't really know because I wasn't here when they were open, to be fair. But Chris oh, right. sorry. Yeah. Jeff moved here and then like a month later coronavirus happened. No one wow. ever leaves their house. <laughs> Look um, at that fallout. It was but, you. But there's like <laughs> I mean this is like so useless to listen to for anybody but there's like a place uh by 365 whole foods called like astro something that yeah is, is, i think that's 24 hours is that one 24 hours or at least it, it was at one point i've been there they have chilaquiles and they were oh, good i love a chilaquiles nice yeah. a little crunch in your eggs Wait, is underrated what is it but it's like it's like a weird it's like a melt it's like a soggy chip that is good almost like a lasagna Mexican lasagna. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. I call it you know, Mexican lasagna. The Jewish Italian <laughs> side of my family used to make matzah lasagna for me. I was about to ask. That wow. sounds terrible. I'm picturing <laughs> layers of matzah with chopped liver smeared between them. Is that right? No. Why would you put <laughs> chopped liver in a lasagna, Jeff? Why would you put matzah in a lasagna? It's <laughs> because cause of the time of year you're not supposed to eat stuff in noodles. Okay, so what is this lasagna? I don't know. It's I thought it was just all Jewish foods. Are those the two I can think of. Instead of noodles. And that's, that's it? it? That's it, yeah. What is that like? It's okay. It, it can get a little gooey. <laughs> but if you're used to, like, internationally traveling around and eating vegetable lasagnas anywhere... They're never I, good. They're I, always... I love to internationally travel around, by the way. <laughs> you do? I'm a huge fan of it. And I... I <laughs> And I continue to do it to this day. So you never stopped, right, Chris? You've just been no, jet setting no, this no. whole time. I've been, yeah, I've been bopping around playing. I mean, the shows, shows were they were booked. They didn't get canceled. What's he to do? Yeah, he respects his fans. I so respect booked, my fans. You booked a red state tour. What's left of them? Were you gonna say? <laughs> I was going to say what's left of them, but then I didn't want to imply that I I was losing fans like popularity. I was trying to say that they're dying. <laughs> <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> So maybe soon we're getting on the cusp of having like Live Nation Blue and Live Nation Red, you know, right. like the yeah. places where like, eh, we don't care. Come on through. And right. then the places where you actually care. And Live Nation will manage to somehow capitalize on both. I think this is giving Live Nation a lot of credit to think that they're not just 100% Live Nation Red. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you're saying that like right, right-wing right ignorance might save the music scene? Is that what you're saying, Benny? I'm not saying it's going to save it. <sighs> Give me a bright I'm side, dude. It's not going to hurt it. Is I mean, what I'm saying. <laughs> they've made it clear they're not going to stop. Right. You know, like, you know, it's like when you, uh, when you have a person in your life who's kind of like fucking up their life. And mm -hmm. then, like, some real flashbulb thing happens where you're like, oh, this will get this person to turn around. <laughs> you know, like, their mother dying will make them turn around right. and, and you know, take light. And then six months later, they're doing the same thing, and you're like, oh, okay, there's nothing. 
Right. If that didn't do it, then, you know, it won't do it. I'm kind of at that point with those types of people. It's like every step, you know, where I went for like two years going, oh, this is the line. Right. This is where reason will take <laughs> over. And then it just never happened. So I stopped imagining it would, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so we that, all we all understand. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, <laughs> thank you, <laughs> thank you. Slap it. No, it's, we're in sci-fi world now. Ooh, okay, that's good. They like. Um, what what was your guys' first election that you remember and you could vote in? I was in. I was in my pool, and. Oh. I Four years ago, because Chris is actually I was up very young. The the I was I was kind of just like hanging on the side of the pool, and I was like up against one of the jets, my like around my hip, and then yes. I like moved, and it kind of got like election my... election. Oh 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 oh. I think it was the the George Bush one, or was Number... the second George Bush one. How old am I? 25. So you must have, like, you know, gone with 25. an adult. <laughs> yeah, 20, yeah. yeah. I yeah, made I'm that joke Google. earlier, but you were talking about a boner and you, you were focused. <laughs> I had to get that, that out. <laughs> we could determine it probably on, on who you voted for. Who did you vote for? I, you know, I, I'm sure I voted for. Uh, or no one. Who was up against. Oh, John, oh, John fucking Kerry. Kerry. Yeah, I think that another. Uh, I think that might have been Democratic the, candidate. The, well, that was it, was. it was Gore the first time, right, and Kerry the second. Time. Yeah, Kerry was the first person I ever voted for. Okay, Ugh. and and very, uh, <laughs> I'm very like ashamed and humiliated. The only political like rally that I've ever been to was a John Edwards rally. Go on. How did that happen? Oh my! Uh, it was like I don't know. It was it was. Somewhere in like Fort Myers, which is like an hour outside of Naples, and me and I want to say I think Derek Perry and my now wife and somebody else went and watched him speak. How did you it were, feel? What was that like? Uh, I I don't remember a lot about it, but I do remember thinking like, yeah, like you know, it's like going to a motivational speech. <laughs> you know like yeah they they like the, you know that's why they're there they're there to like pump you up and get you excited about right. them so yeah. you know when i left i was like nice cool and it was cool to be somewhere where like everybody was kind of like like-minded and stuff but you know it didn't really end up good in any way with that guy <laughs> for the universal edwardian cause as it's yeah. been dubbed since how yeah. many people do you think right now are just thinking if only john edwards won the presidency <laughs> and candidacy in 2004 yeah i think this when when he was when when i went to see him he was already the vice president or like already going to be the vice president uh, oh okay I see. yeah oh it's weird i wonder if these politicians get coached by like tony robbins and like people like that not you know obviously not on like policy but on just like what you're i'm sure they like you know, i'm crabs. sure there is different versions of like you know training or you know, you know yeah practice and studies. 
It might not be like Tony Robbins specifically, but they definitely have somebody teaching them how to do it. Haven't you seen the fucking uh, that movie Charlize Theron and Seth Rogen? Oh, right. No. I'm Long I Shot? I just lied. I had no idea. <laughs> That's a funny movie. Yeah, Long Shot is good. Is it about that? Uh, it's about a speech writer. Yeah. Yeah, Benny. It is, kind of. I bet there's a person in D.C. <laughs> who's like... Who's like the person, you know, when the DNC is like, all right, this is our guy. Send them to Wendy, you know, and like Wendy is like <laughs> like the, Harvey Keitel style. Exactly. Yeah. Like the wolf will fix it up. Yeah. There's got to be like the each side has like the the person that they go to who gets paid in, like an erroneous amount of money to do it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's the same person. Maybe that's why they all kind of sound the same. This side told Joe Biden to just not say anything ever. <laughs> Jeff, what was your first one? Uh, I voted for Nader in the 2000 election. So the very first election I voted in, I, I, I witnessed getting stolen. Yeah, I'm with you. I also voted for Ralph Nader in that election. We're fucking, I, I mean, we're in New York and New Jersey. It doesn't matter who exactly. we vote for. Well, I like, thought it like didn't presidents matter. Presidents until... don't even campaign to us. No, they're they just don't. like, no, yeah. we're good. Honestly, I live pretty close to Pennsylvania now, and... That doesn't mean you could cast your vote there, does it? It doesn't, but what I'm going to tell you <laughs> is that literally the second you jump over the border, if you turn on the radio and drive down the highway, the apparent... It, it's like illuminating how much more money is getting put into Pennsylvania from these races than right, New Jersey. Right, right, It is... Like, the that second you cross, like, literally... It's completely insane that we are doing this podcast on election day before the election is counted and it will people yeah. be this is these are our last moments not knowing know. how today is going to end up. I know and there was I was honestly deeply thinking about who I wanted to talk to today. And I wanted to talk to you guys not because I want to be like illuminated. Not cuz we're the easiest to get a hold of. <laughs> not <'cause... laughs> Well, listen, Brad and I did make a pact where we're like if we don't have any great ideas, let's get <laughs> friends of the show. I, I've been you know, talking about like a family. Yeah, we like want, a going like, off track like, family show. And, this is our panelists. Yeah. You hey. guys, your family. You know, and not to thanks. Know, not saying Stephen and Jonah are not. You know, obviously course, they're, they're always welcome. It's like they're you guys are like the cousins. <laughs> they're they're like they're like our brother. Our brother. They're family. We, we Chris can't <laughs> From the corner of New York and Manhattan Avenues. I tried a pizza pie, a biggest lobster roll I can fit in my car. <laughs> That's New York. You're off character. Glad you went to lobster rolls and you own a car. You just took yourself. I'm going to Walmart. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I gotta turn off this thing. No, no, keep it on. No, it's off. Where I just leaned on slap it. go. It's in front of me. Oh, okay. You can't just be all vibrant. I'll give you a, a little. Oh, nice. A very right. nice little taste. Brad, I gotta taste. do this to I'll you, okay? To what was yours, Brad? My erection? My first erection? Yeah, your, your first electrician. <laughs> um,. I'm, I'm definitely not going to tell you the first I was eligible for because that'll be a painful um, admittance of my age. 
Uh, Brad, we all know what you are. Just wear what you dig, man. It was. It would have been probably late eighties. Who did? Uh, who did? Who? Who? Uh, it was probably would have been the the um, the first time I voted for president would have been in the W. First, HW. HW. Yeah, so 92. That's probably the first time. But who, what was the election? Was that? Michael Dukakis running against no, what, him? 88. I, I 88, so. probably. What, who was 88? Okay. 88 was Reagan versus what, Mondale? No. I don't know. That's probably, that's probably the first one I voted in. I'm not going to say whether I was eligible before that or not, though. <laughs> I would like you to tell us. <laughs> Just get you. You saying that you won't say whether or not you're eligible or not makes me feel like this is definitely the first one you were eligible for. Nothing to hide. I'll tell you what. 88 was George H.W. versus Dukakis. I definitely did not vote for uh, Ronald Reagan. I can tell you that. (laughs) Good. Sorry, (laughs) I had to sneeze. You know know you're here to entertain, right? What are you doing here? Uh, Give me the most embarrassing story. I've been homeschooling all morning. I'm like, I'm like. I feel like an old housewife. <laughs> Wait, what? Is, so your wife is actually currently what? Helping at a polling station? Oh, yeah. She's at a polling station. She's she's working all day at a polling station. That's cool. And because they How did she get involved in that? She just wanted to do it. And like, and, the, and unfortunately, they fucked up her uh, registration and like lost it. And so she was supposed to get stationed like in the neighborhood. And instead, she got stationed literally as far away as she as she possibly could have, which is Washington Heights, which is oh. honestly as far away as she could have gotten put from us. Where are you? Are you in Lower East Side? Damn, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, she had to get stationed in Manhattan because they station you in your borough, but uh, that's it. She's up there in, like, upstate New York. <laughs> have you had any word from her today, or is she not allowed to, like, communicate? Yeah, no, she takes a couple breaks. Thing. She called a couple times. She seems yeah, so what's day. the vibe? What's she seeing? She said it's not um, crowded where she is at all. Not not a lot of lines. Seems pretty mellow. Okay. Um, Was New York early voting uh, super easy? Out in California, I feel like you've been able to vote for like two months. So and, it, and I, there was a ballot box everywhere. Yeah, I did early voting on the second day and it was totally chill. Like waited in line for maybe 10 minutes, not even. And I know somebody that went the day before on the first day and they waited for a considerable amount of time, but I don't think it was like an hour. I think it was like maybe like a half hour or something. Okay. Has early voting always been a thing? I feel like I, I've always known about like mail-in and absentee voting, but like early voting is like such a, a new concept to me. I it feel definitely so. is in some states. It's always been yeah. around for a lot of states. I don't know about New York. whether I early, I early voted last year. Um, I filled out, I, I don't know exactly what it all means or maybe not last year maybe the year before um but i went down and i filled out like my absentee i got my absentee ballot in person i filled it out there and i gave it to them so Where i don't are you know able to do that like what place uh some building in <laughs> brooklyn uh i don't know it was real. i i don't remember i feel like it was in like downtown uh it felt a lot like the building you go to to get like a foreign visa or um, passports or something like that. It, it was probably that kind where of Chris Farron's cousins live. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, down there. It's next to the place <laughs> with the big lobster rolls. 
Big lobster rolls. And that we get the biggest cups of soda you've ever seen. Uh, not any, you can't do that in New York anymore. Yeah, not anymore. You sneak it? <laughs> I've not always been able to do it. Who knows the guy for the extra large sodas? Is Oh, my God. Is there like DL, like in and out Burger... Is there like a DL menu now where people can get a 64-ounce soda in New York, but you just can't have it on the menu anymore? I gotta go! He laughed. <laughs> the funniest thing about the 64-ounce soda is like the first place that you could get those massive drinks was in movie theaters, right? Which is like the last yeah. place you want to fucking drink 64 ounces of anything. That's true. Right? That's a very good point. That is a good point. <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, you got it. You could share, but nobody. It, it's. I I like the. It feels like the reasoning behind that is like you're going to be sitting here for two hours. Right. You want to make sure that you have enough to drink. <laughs> Here's sixty four ounces. Yeah, what I used like, to share movie sodas all the time. And now, with anybody, whole row. Yeah, anybody? Yeah, down there, <laughs> thirsty. Um, and now I can't imagine sharing a soda with anyone yeah it's that's changed quickly i know right why uh probably as you get older you just yeah yeah yeah, yeah. just a little more of a germaphobe chris okay i get it yeah just grew up now i mean i'm still a big believer in like the the 20 second rule 40 second rule you know i think that's just good for your body to eat yeah I've Man. always known it as the I, I, five I, I, second rule, by the way. <laughs> you got a pretty big margin of error. And think yeah. about how long you gotta, that you is. You got to keep making it longer and longer as your body toughens rule. up. Yeah. <laughs> it, not if it's like a wet food. Yeah, but if you're it's not like going a cookie, cheese it's down. on the ground for a little over yeah. that half a minute. Who cares? <laughs> if my slice of pizza hits the ground, if it's yeah. face, off, face down. Yeah, face, face down. Probably she's a goner. Fine. She's a guy. Face up. Face up. I'll make that like the six, seven minute rule. <laughs> Face up. What's going to happen unless you have pets or something, you know? Even, yeah, if you have pets and you're going to eat hair, and that sucks. <laughs> like if, if you, you see have pets, dirt on it, hair don't do anyway. it. I, th- I think about uh, how much I like toughened up my immune system having been on tour for so yeah. long yeah and now i'm just like it's i do i just am i just gonna start from square one if things ever get back to normal yeah no <laughs> i don't wanna <laughs> i mean I start I from think, square 10 i think because of your efforts you'll get back there quicker you know yeah but no i don't think you were you managed to change your entire microbiome <clears throat> situation in the last six months Six months. Seven months. How long's this been? Twenty nine. years. Twenty six years. Hey, honestly, it feels like months. it's been forever. Sorry. Every I can't. What day is it? <laughs> Chris, Chris, how do you start your day every day? What's me. like your first? Can you run me down like your first hour? Oh, I would be happy to. Okay. <laughs> On a good, okay, so if I feel, if I'm being good, if I'm being a good boy, Mm -hmm. I wake up at eight and I have a nice little breakfast. If my Uh, wife is home, she will make me a nice little breakfast, which is usually just a bagel. Okay. 
Uh, Where do you get your bagels? I told you this before. I just get them at Target. We don't have, we don't, we just get like prepackaged shit ass bagels. Unless it's the weekend, then we get the nicies. From? You know the place. What's it called? Bells? Yeah, Bells. Bells. Um, Wait, seeded, butter, everything bagel with butter. Okay, okay. You can Um, get everything bagel at Target? Well, you know, in a bag, like in a yeah, like, you know, in a bag. like a loaf of like a like you get six of, of them, yeah, like a frozen lobster roll, like yeah. Lenders, Thomas, you know, yeah, yeah Thomas, uh-huh. um, okay. they're, they're good, they're good. Uh, uh, okay, so, so then I'll I'll eat my little my my little uh breakfast as you I'm, don't do coffee, right? Not a coffee. I drink black tea. Yes. Okay. So I'll drink my black tea. Mm-hmm. I, I'll eat my bagel and I will, uh, again, this is like an ideal good day situation. I have not yet looked at my phone. My phone is in an, in an, another room that is not my bedroom. Oh, I like that. That's which incredible. I actually have been good at keeping up with. How do you wake up at eight o'clock then? I have an alarm clock. Oh. Cool. Great. Uh, I used to have an alarm clock. It died. I loved it. I never replaced it. Dang. I don't know if I I've knew. had one since the 90s. It's good. You don't have to have your phone in the room. Chris is living proof. Yeah. So when you're eating the bagel and drinking the tea, are you just reflecting and thinking no. deeply or are you reading? I'm reading a book. Okay. So I'm, I'll read my little book. I, I, I will kind of usually commit to reading a chapter. Okay. A Morning chapter. Of the book. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then I will meditate for 10 minutes. This is again, you know, Good there are day. definitely days I don't sure. do this and I kind of just like roll out of bed, grab my phone, stare at it, then watch YouTube while I'm eating. But let's not talk about that. No, let's fuck, stick with yeah, this. Those are the one. bad days. Yeah. Um, so then I, I eat my, my precious bagel, read, <laughs> meditate. Uh, and then I will probably lately start working on paintings. Yes. Either you still I'll, haven't looked at your phone in this situation? I, then I, yeah, then I will probably look okay. at my phone. Or, you know what? Actually, I will go on a, a walk. Bef- I will wow. grab my phone, go on a walk, and God. listen to like music or a podcast. Likely cool. a podcast, but I try to listen to music. Starting the day with a walk. I got to start doing that. Yes. Yeah. And I do like the bare, like the, the shortest, tiniest little walk. Like I just walk down to the end of this like dead end street that's near my house. And then are you talking back. about your driveway? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not yeah. It's really short. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then, well, and then I will. sniff of California air is like a bump of cocaine. I mean, it's. It yeah, there's you all sorts of toxins and ash in it. It's great. Yeah, yeah. 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 And we don't we want to talk about that either. We're on the good day. Jeff. You brought okay. up the California air dog. <laughs> I mean, it was good last time I was there. <laughs> <laughs> it felt really good. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Well, right, that's pretty much it. Day. Then I'll then I'll get started working on my precious little paintings or like, you know run through some emails that I have to do. Why is everything little? Your tea's been little. Your paintings have been little. Your book has been little. Is everything actually miniature? No, it's just quaint. Little actions, big dreams. You know what they say. Thank you. I have a quaint little life. (laughs) (laughs) And are you ripping through commissions now? Are you getting? Yeah, I have been. Uh, Yes, pretty much. That's awesome. What has been the most annoying animal to draw? Black cats are the most annoying animal to draw. Oh, yeah. But I'm figure I'm getting better at it. I've kind of cracked like little codes along the way. What is but, it? How do you give them shape? 
okay, so what I basically do is I will, so people will send me like, I, I say, please send me five good pictures of your pet. And like, you know, I, I added good recently because people would send me like really bad pictures of their pets, like, <laughs> like kind of like on the ground, flipped over, like, like indiscernible if it's even an animal or not. Uh, so I like, I'm like, send me like a nice picture of your pet. And so I'll choose my favorite one and then I will go on my iPad and I will basically trace the photo on my iPad uh, and then take the photo out. So then I just have my tracing from my iPad, which takes me like maybe like an hour to do that. And then I'll print that off and then I'll put that down on a light box mm -hmm. and put, put the piece of paper over that and then uh, 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 with pen go over the thing I've done, like the, the, uh, the digital tracing. Mm -hmm. And then I will add paint while I'm looking at a photo of it. So I get like the, the shading and the lighting kind of realistic enough. That's awesome. So how that's, does the, how does it show, how does the light box show through what you're painting on? Are you just painting on paper? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it's watercolor paper, so it's kind of thick. But that's why I started doing the iPad thing, because when I first started doing it, I would just like print off like a photo of a raccoon that I found online and <laughs> and try to a cat and, and try to like trace that with like the with all of its color and and like dark shading and stuff but it yeah. would be so hard like i would have to be in like a pitch black room basically to be able to see anything like come through the the box so that's why i started tracing it first digitally and then and then doing it like that has taking commissions taken any of like the pure silly joy out of doing it or is it just getting more fun as you get better um I guess it ebbs and flows. There's been like some times where I'm like, I don't want to do this. But then uh, th that that only last th that was only I like felt that. <laughs> that was that, yeah, that reverberated that right over that, the Zencaster. <laughs> <laughs> but but that kind of went away as I realized like it was like I was so incredibly fortunate to be like <laughs> one of the only people that I know that is like a musician of my size who have found who has found like a creative outlet yeah, other sure. than music you know like totally that is like making me money uh so and then and then i you know i've uh, and then like you said like as i got better at it and kind of started learning more i i felt more confident and had more fun doing it sure and then i still do like non commission Sig, animal sig paintings and I, I kind of that's kind of fun sometimes and then I've started doing I just started doing other paintings of people of not non-smoking situations that are still animals but kind of freaky Ooh. I found this website where you can type in you just type something in and it's like an AI generated image of whatever you typed in but it's like not it's like it's basically like gobbledygook of an image but like if you type in some things like animals will show up but they're all like fucked up looking because they've been like <laughs> distorted through the ai whatever so wow. i've been like and they're all like every time you do it it is a completely unique image that will never happen again so i've been i've been kind of fucking around finding 
some of those that I like and then doing the same thing where I like put it into my iPad, trace that image and then uh, print it out and then and then paint over it and kind of just make it into a painting. And it's pretty interesting to me. Awesome. What's the animal you get where you're just like scoop of chocolate, scoop of vanilla. I don't even need to print it out. Wow. Uh, I would say raccoon is, is kind of (laughs) the easiest. And for some reason, a very popular animal to, to, uh, want a painting smoking a cigarette of, I guess. (laughs) I mean, it's it's because of those funny little hands, I guess. Just yeah. imagining them grabbing anything human sized is kind of funny. Yeah. Like food, chicken bones, cigarette, you know, cigarette. <laughs> um, all right, Jeff, I'm not going to ask you about your first hour. Okay. Is, is, is it as interesting? It's pretty similar to Chris's first hour. Really? Uh, Are you doing the no phone as well? The whole first. I, 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 on my better days, yeah. So it'll be like, you know, I'll wake up, I'll make coffee, I'll have some sort of breakfast, and I will read uh, a little bit of a book. And uh, that's if I have not time enough detail. Before, what are we talking coffee wise? You doing drip <clears throat> coffee? It depends if we've made cold brew. Um, okay. Uh, if not, I, I've got an AeroPress. I really like my AeroPress. It prevents me from making like a pot of coffee every yeah. day. Music is my AeroPress. <laughs> is that, I don't, see, Chris, I don't fucking believe you. That's I'll fucking true. believe you. I'll fucking show prove you. it. I'll, show I'll me. come over later today. I'll show you. No, show everybody listening. Right now. Right now. All right, I made it up. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. I didn't yeah, need to put I'm you on the spot like that. Too. That's okay. Oh. Uh, Next animal is going to be sad um, <laughs> uh, with an arrow press. Uh, yeah, so I'll uh, I'll usually do that, and then um, for breakfast it will either be cereal or mm-hmm. maybe granola and yogurt. Um, or if I have a bagel, I, that'll be a good lucky. That's like a lucky thing to have in my life. I feel like uh, I know you're not getting bagged. bagged bag target bagels. I know. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, uh, but that's just because, like, if I get bagels, I'll just get it from the place and hold on to them for a while. I'll get like six, you know, and then after I've eaten six bagels, or after we've eaten like a few bagels in a row before they go stale, you don't really want to like run out and get a bag of bagels again, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, and then uh, I I've been trying not look at my phone. I've been bad about that this past week, but usually I'll whatever book I'm reading, I'll read a little bit of that. And then, uh, yeah, that's kind of, I don't meditate. I don't walk. Um, I've been trying since I've been looking at my phone recently. Um, this is only like a day or two, but to, instead of doing the scroll to just kind of text some friends or family and just like check up on them instead. But I've been trying to do that for two days. And I say trying to do that. It's like, I accidentally started doing that. I was like, you know what? This is actually nicer. And I still get to look at my phone. Do you ever um, dig yourself into a corner with that where you're really in the mood and you text like a number of people and start engaging and then before you know it, like you're not in the mood anymore and you have about like 13 unanswered texts ever happen to you? Um, I would I don't usually text like 
a bunch of people just be like, what's going on? Unless it's about something like a basketball game or something that's happening right then. And then it's like, that just kind of naturally ends because it's like, oh, the Dodgers won the World Series. Okay, bye. You know? I got to be, as someone who texts with you a lot, you, you, you end them. I what? You end it. I, I just bail. I, I asked yeah, my band because I really because, don't know what the etiquette was. You're like, like, it'll hey be guys, like, do you just do you yeah. say bye when you leave a text or do you just kind of <laughs> let it end? And or it's like, or do you just let the conversation peter yeah. out? And everyone in my band's like, ah, just let it peter out. I'm like, okay, that's because you're good. like, yeah, you'll like text me like second quarter of a basketball game. You'll be like, yo, this dude looks pretty good. If you don't reply right and away, then, no, and then I'll reply. I'll be like, yeah, he's looking nice. And then I feel like. You know, 15 minutes later, something happens in like the fourth quarter. I'm like, oh, Jeff's still probably watching, but you're gone. You're gone. No, I'm probably watching, but I didn't get that first. I, like, you know what I mean? I that's I know the time you're talking about, and I'm sorry. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wait, let's shift gears a little bit. We're shifting gears. Uh, Brad yeah. doesn't like when I talk about me. Even though no, he won't I, what tell are you talking his... about? That's not what this is about. No, Brad doesn't like it. Oh, I thought you said Jeff. I... I was like, no, Brad doesn't like it when I talk about me. He always Damn. yells at me. Don't use me He's as like, your excuse, Benny. You're bringing it out of the guest, even though you're you're allowed to talk about you. I, we want to hear. We want to know about you. What's your morning, Brad? Oh my, my couldn't be further from your guys because I have young kids. Yeah, right? <laughs> like everything you do is is impossible. Unless mm-hmm. I wake up at like five fifteen in the morning, which mm-hmm. sometimes does happen. Like you know, actually, you've both toured with me, so you've seen it. Um, like you know, I kind of sleep in shifts. Like you know, I sleep for a few hours and I'm up right. doing something weird in a bathroom for for an hour Smoking or two weed in the go, bathroom. <laughs> then I go back to sleep. You know, something like that. It, meditating and drinking tea in the bathroom. Actually, ah. yeah, that's normally mm-hmm. what I'm doing. So Is that true. No, no, you're, <laughs> you're more right I than I am. Okay, um, good. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes like, have like, I been wrong this whole time? Oh. I'll wake up and I'm like, it's like five fifteen in the morning, and I basically have the choice of like trying to squeeze in an extra forty five minutes to an hour of sleep, or just getting up, making coffee, and having some of that peaceful morning quiet time. Uh, and I'll do similar things that you guys do. I don't know if I meditate. I try to sit somewhere quiet and focus on my breath for a while. That's meditating. But I don't know if I've ever meditated <laughs> in my life. That's. I, I mean, I, I must I'm not say... Who could say what that is? Right. The well, only reason yeah. I think I'm meditating is because I, I have an app that I, I pay $100 <laughs> a year for. <laughs> That I it tells you you're meditating. <laughs> yeah. You're meditating, Chris. You're meditating, you're meditating yeah. Chris. You're meditating, Chris. You're yeah. meditating, you're eating, Chris. As you're eating gabagool, That's you're right. meditating. Boing. Yeah, yeah, and you can turn the volume up or down on the app. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. No, but for real, what's the prerequisite? Like, how many breath revolutions do you have to take with your eyes closed to consider it meditating? Because sometimes. I, do I don't like think any. Six. I I yeah. believe and I just this, get distracted. This is based on nothing, and I am like an amateur meditator. Well, at you best. have the app, you little fuck. But I, <laughs> you're talking like you know it. But I, I would say <laughs> at best, like, a, you could you could say a meditation is I sat down. 
for 10 minutes and was not looking at anything. Like I wasn't watching anything. I was just sitting there for 10 minutes. Yeah. Do you feel like if you, if you've thought about something, it no longer counts or is it just like, that's just part of it. You think and try and not think. Yeah. I mean, you know, every time I meditate, I'm definitely like thoughts come in and you just have to be like, you just have to try to gently push them away like they're a feather. That's what the guy says. Isn't it bizarre in that logic that like that there's this really close connection like philosophically between like a Buddhist monk and say like a certain like 80 year old farmer like on his porch who just knows how to sit there like through the day and just focus in his own mind his or her own mind and can see the, the the day change and doesn't have to move and can just sit there. Like I feel like I could do that shit, but it's never in a helpful situation. It's mm. always like when I should be paying attention or get something <laughs> done. I'm really, really good at meditating while I should be working or should be like paying attention to a conversation or you <laughs> I don't know. Think zoning that out kind is of meditating. Stuff. I don't think that that's counts. almost like your mind playing possum, you know? Like when Playing it's supposed to be doing, I don't yeah, know it's, what it's like. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna pretend to be asleep. <laughs> like when it's not interested in something. Yeah, I could see that. All right, I want to shift a little bit. There's something I was thinking about this morning, and both of you can have some insight on it. Okay, now, and we answer at the same time, Chris. Okay. Okay. Yeah, got same it. time, and you have to say the same thing. Um, of course. So you know, there's obviously like to me a connection between people's exposure to different people in different places and to me like what conservative thinking sometimes lends itself to which is often just sort of like fear and paranoia about something you don't know anything about like do you think if we took in america at 18 years old everybody has to go on a seven-week van tour (laughs) cross-country Back and forth through America, you know, with like not money where you're not like you're not doing hotel rooms. You're staying at weird people's houses. You're doing the thing, you know, really doing the thing. Do you think that there would be a more humanistic, pluralistic idea of people if everyone had that exposure? Well, they also have to sell merch, though. (laughs) (laughs) They have to work the merch booth. Okay, fair. (laughs) It's fair. This is going to be tough to set up for every person. <laughs> but, but theoretically, like, like, do you think it would actually do some good in in changing the way people feel? Or do you, is, do you think it's just from like a totally different place? I think it I might. I think it might. Chris first. All right. I was trying to get there with him. Okay. Sorry. He beat you. He beat you. He's, he said We're a answering word at first. the same time, same words. He said a word first, Jeff. Don't sass me. That's latency, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> you're, in this, you're in the same place. <laughs> we're not in the same room. Do you think we're in the same room? <laughs> you're, listen, we, were, we had some trajectory there. Okay. I'm let's, sorry. Let's stick with it. Chris. Please. I think it might move the needle a little bit, but I also think, especially like forcing anybody to do anything, there might be like, mm. you know, especially yeah. at, at that age, you've definitely already been informed enough by what your family thinks, you know, uh, mm. that it would be hard to 
kind of totally shift your worldview. Yeah. Um, but I, I think it would it would certainly help. I mean, I think I think the worst the, a lot of crap stems from people just being in their own echo chambers. Uh, yeah, but I always think about this is barely related to this, but it for some reason this reminded me of there was some season of the real world where they were like in France. Uh, I think it was like real world Paris, and there was some American guy who was just bitching the whole time because he the food wasn't he didn't there wasn't really cheeseburgers there and stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> I was just like you, you dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I definitely see that it's true. Like, I guess there is a type of person and personality sometimes, or like you said, coming from a certain family who's getting in the van in the first place. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't understand people who like don't like traveling. Like I'm like, I like I'm obsessed with it. Like it, it makes me feel so good. But there are so many people that are just like, no, I hate it. It sucks. Like, it's so inconvenient. You're never comfortable. And it's just like, I just have never felt like that. And I understand why people do feel like that, you know, logistically, I guess. But like, I just can't relate to that. So it's like, there's a there's a disconnect there, too. Well, even in your experience, like, like you know, Jeff and I are both from a place where, like, you're exposed to every type of person really really early on whether you like it or not it's just right. a place you know um but like you where you're from and because of how young you started touring you must have seen a lot of things for like the first time on the road right yeah oh for sure yeah but i feel like, like that about meeting people from the south for the first time to be honest benny yeah yeah like i i also, feel I, or meeting people from texas just like kind of places that in the northeast um like snobby ass fucks look down their nose at you right. know what i yeah. mean sure. um or people like have preconceived notions or what everybody from somewhere is like yeah um and uh i, I didn't i never really subscribed to that or anything like that um but like i definitely had preconceived notions because if you're just brought around brought like up around that kind of fucking energy you know what i mean uh yeah, and then yeah. you go somewhere i don't know i think i what you're saying yeah, I think if you travel around and you meet people from other places, you realize that you are all just people, you know? It is, but it is another thing, and I don't even know, it's just something I I think about, too, is, like, you know, in general, any t everywhere I travel around, like, the places I congregate, I'm basically going to places where everybody... Is going to be nice to you. Right. Thinks yeah. like me, like, it's, you know, we're, like, you know, rock bands, like, everybody... For uh, the most part, I would say, like, especially when you're beginning touring, you're playing in pretty, like, uh, progressively minded places. You know? That's yeah. interesting. That was not the case for me. Really? I feel like, Chris. Yeah, well, ASOB didn't really, like, have any, uh, I, any, like, ties to, like, the cool DIY underground stuff in a lot of ways like we had ties to the ska underground which was its own thing and a lot of the time you end up just playing at bars right. um and you would meet people who just like go to that bar and are weird but then you know you end up drinking and hanging out you know right that's cool yeah you know ben, i don't know uh, did you 
it's funny because I was just I'm reading this book called Humankind. I don't know if you guys know it by this guy Bregman, but um, I've heard of Humankind. My wife humankind. gave it to That's me. That's written to, like, by who? Uh, God. <laughs> no, sorry. He's Go basically on. trying to show like the the upside of human species. But oh. <laughs> I just read like just two nights ago. I was reading this part. I mean, it's it's become like kind of widely acknowledged in the past. 50 years that like the whole like you know that for a long time people thought that civilization the key point was when we started like growing crops right and right. stopped like right. moving are you talking about sapiens the book no no it's called humankind damn okay sorry but, and so like and they've sent you know they've you know and they they started disproving this that oh yeah our health went to shit because we only started eating bread and um mm. and we didn't have as much free time to make art as we did when we were hunter gatherers but this this book touched on one part of it that I that I don't think gets discussed as much is that the hunter gatherers were actually way more friendly that like mm. when they were nomadic and moving around and running into each other they kind of like first of all they didn't really have a lot of reasons to get into it right. with each other yeah. but they also were just like they would trade they would like trade knowledge trade people right but like um but then once we settled down and started basically owning land, that's when we yeah. started fighting. Mm. Yeah. And that was the birth. The land and the wheat. Yeah. And they show, they've shown it in like, you know, by exhuming skeletons and like the hunter-gatherers didn't fucking kill each other. Well, that makes sense because, I mean, you could imagine it started like, you know, not only competition for land, but <clears throat> competition for like the best land. Yeah, exactly. Because, you know, it's like pretty obvious that some places are super fertile which, or by the water which started or the division of which started wealth the idea of wealth right too. which started yeah. like a classist breakdown yeah. and stuff like that yeah sure but i think i've read something also uh, a book by daniel quinn who wrote he, a book called beyond civilization he also wrote ishmael and i think in that book he he contests that the hunter-gatherer society itself and a roaming society past 100,000 people is no longer possible. Right. And the concepts of hierarchy and division and, you know, land management and all the things you have to start doing at that point gets too big. So I say all this that Thanos is right. <laughs> you know? What? <laughs> we need Basically less people. comes down to comic yeah, books. No. <laughs> I learned everything from comics. Or no, but I agree with you, Jeff, too. Like, I, I had the same experience in the South where, uh, you know, and, and I was raised by, you know, somebody, yeah, who maybe even talked bad on it, you know, because there were stories I, of my father during the civil rights movement and stuff like that and a lot of stories he had. And, you know, I go down there and quickly a lot of my suspicions are confirmed. You know what I mean? Where, like... <laughs> Like I open my eyes and I don't even have to meet a person to see that the culture is different. Turn on the radio to see the culture is different from what I know yeah. and that things that I'm super comfortable with aren't here and vice versa. But I very much had the same experience as you where I went to some of these cities, met people, stayed in their homes, you know, and realized that there is this like completely flat line we all start on, you know? And yeah. 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 Like everybody lives everywhere, exactly. you know? Um, but if you don't, and, and if you only stay in your 
your small area, you're not going to, you, you know what? It's just, just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying there. You know what I'm saying? Look, Chris, if you, I know it feels Naples- like it's too late, but get out there and vote. <laughs> <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, Jeff, it's going to be too late. I know it feels like, see, that's what a lot of people are going to be telling you, but they're going to try there. to tell you that. They're yeah. going to try 700% match active defeat Trump. <laughs> Chris, what would you be doing right now if you never left Naples? I mean, I, I only left Naples like five, wait, like, like, to, like never toured out of Naples. Yeah. Like, say wow. you just like took the total this freak never left straight approach. <laughs> You would just go fishing with Casey and Daryl, just hang out. Like, what do you think you'd be getting into? I cannot, I cannot, can I, I, I can honestly can not, I, perce- I cannot perceive of it, of a existence that I would have where I would not, you know, I, I could, I could imagine conceptually still living in Naples, but still like, you know, often leaving and touring, but I can't imagine I think you would. I, would I think be, you would be doing community theater. I would probably end up being a f- famous actor. Is what yeah. I was going to say. I would be yeah. in Hollywood. I would. I would. Wait, that's not Hollywood, I would, Florida. No, maybe uh, Orlando. Oh yeah, <laughs> I would probably maybe. be a, like a Nickelodeon uh, Disney Disney Channel star. Sick. <laughs> that would be nice. Wait, That'd I forgot. Great. Did you say you said Naples gave you your first election? Is that what you said? That's right. Yes. <laughs> you just gave it to him. <laughs> so I was thinking I today. All that talk of Naples. I have something <laughs> we can do, guys, to make to make us feel a little better. Okay. Go oh. ahead. So one thing I found when I was when this guy first got elected that made no. me feel good, Voldemort, um, was I started listening to these like podcasts about world war one and the civil war and stuff like that and often i'd like turn it off and be like jesus christ like that's pretty bad you know i you know i'd get through two hours of a podcast where the describing like one day where like ninety thousand people were killed in like one battle in one town that does make me feel better thanks and i'm just like (laughs) well it should so what i looked up today Damn, doubling down. Okay. Was the eight scariest days in US history. Okay? I thought it would be fun to go through. No? Yeah. Sure. Sure. And we can- I've I've already watched all eight <laughs> saw movies. So uh, this this can't hurt, this can't do that much more damage. I just saw Halloween for the first time, which I which is a pretty scary movie, but also it's um shot exactly where I run in the middle of the night every <gasps> night. Is it oh really? Oh my god. No. Yeah. No. Not, okay, not, I've made it to where the, ho- I've made it to the house and back before in my long routes, but like that's the neighborhood, like Pasadena, South Pasadena. Oh my god. Do you just wear like head-to-toe reflectors now, like blasting music? Uh, I No, I have no, I at night I don't put on any headphones because Carl's Cars might just sneak up out of nowhere and hit you, but I wear pretty bright clothes. But I, I like I only saw it a few days ago. And now anybody I see just like just standing on the street, I'm just like, oh fuck, oh fuck, yeah. oh fuck. You're suspect. <laughs> yeah. All right. So so at the end of this, I'm going to tell you why I did this exercise. Okay. Okay. So quickly, and it's only eight. 
I found eight. There's obviously a lot of other contenders. You okay. know, this isn't like a, a firm. This isn't like Friendster top eight okay. uh, where, you know, it's firm and confirmed by science. Great. Okay. So August 24th, 1814, the British burned down the White House. Only, thir- only 31 years after independence and revolutionary war. Uh, April 14th, 1865, Lincoln's assassinated. Fun. October 29th, I almost said 2029, 1929, Black Tuesday, the stock market crash. Millions of Americans who had money the following day had no money. And it started the Great Depression. We got December 7th, 1941, the attack on Pearl Harbor. Isn't it insane that we're like, okay, and we'll just do the stock market again. Oh, yeah. Let's just <laughs> kick it back up. Let's just you do know, that again, honestly, but, not, but not fuck it up this time. Yeah. In a quick description of what happens during this time, we've nearly done this and are about to do it again. Like, so we are always on the precipice of this for history, sure. I, I made this up. History repeats itself and you can't Whoa. say it because I said it first and I <laughs> own it. Trademark Jeff and I said on a podcast. So you can't. So shut up. <laughs> You need a T-shirt. You were saying <laughs> October twenty-second, nineteen sixty-two, the Cuban Missile Crisis, World War Two. Oh, Pearl Harbor attack on Pearl, Pearl Harbor. Harbor. Okay, yeah, fun. Um, October twenty-second, nineteen sixty-two. Not only the Cuban Missile Crisis. This was the night JFK went on TV and confirmed to people the Soviet Union was placing nuclear bombs in Cuba. So that's what began kids hiding under their desks and shit right. like that. Yeah. Uh, the following year, November 22nd, 1963, John F. Kennedy is assassinated. Yeah. Um, you know, also fueling the Russian theories since Oswald tried to uh, defect to the Soviet Union in 1959. Mm-hmm. April 4th, 1968, Martin Luther King is assassinated, mm-hmm. followed by not only riots, but unjustified jailing and murders of civil rights workers. And then let's go for the big one. 9-11. 2001. You guys know it happened. So mm-hmm. I bring all these up, okay? They say because nothing between that was as bad, which is inaccurate to me. I think there were some worse ones. One for me that I saw as kind of like an honorable mention, which is hard to say about travesties, was the Challenger shuttle exploding, which I yeah. remember watching on TV and it freaked me the fuck out. How about uh, fucking Columbine? Yeah. Yeah. True. That's that's still scary. Yeah. I hate to make this reference, but Columbine is like the reason, like the reason it's not on here is the same reason the Beach Boys weren't on like top 20 lists until like 10 years ago. It'll age into it. (laughs) Wow. That's That's a spicy take, Benny. Thanks, buddy. So I say all this because besides for the first two, which were in the 1800s, like the last six were in the last 90 years. Yeah. Like, like all where our grandparents were alive, parents were alive, we were alive to see most of it. I also found something I wrote from 2005 in a zine where I was, you could take a couple of the paragraphs I wrote about George W. Bush at the time and like put it on my Twitter account right now and it would make absolute sense. Because yeah. I'm saying the exact same shit. Yeah. Um, so the and it one feels thing, good, huh? No, the one thing this exercise did to me and made me think, especially after a conversation with my father, who spent 
two years in Brazil in the Peace Corps in the 1960s and came home to, you know, Nixon, early Vietnam. Uh, and while he was gone, I believe Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy being shot, you know, Jeez. So kind of explained like he came home thinking this country was falling apart at the seams. Yeah. And it very well maybe, but the only thing it that was. this exercise gives me is the fact that maybe it's always falling apart at the seams. Maybe like there's something about the spirit about what we do that doesn't allow for that like insane consistency, say like an autocratic or like a communist type place might have. Like I think that that's a nice thought, but I mean, I think you could clearly follow the thread from Nixon to now as its own terrible, continuous falling apart. Yeah. Considering like just, you know, the, like the civil rights shit, like the, the, the fucking fucked up marijuana laws that are, that were passed, the SWAT team, um, Reagan's war on drugs, like everything just meant to oppress, uh, real estate scams. Yeah. Like it's, it's all, it's all from the same, that that's all from that to me. I don't know if I'm ignoring what's happening in the fifties there. And I'm not saying that everything was great before Nixon, obviously. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, do you want to, I don't think that, I don't think that it has to always be something's terrible happening. Cause that just is what it is. You know, maybe I don't, I don't mean something terrible happening. What I mean is like, you know, the function of democracy itself is based on some, some strange spirit of compromise. Right. And I think sure. when you're when you're making progress or degressing from progress, as we've seen recently, there is this sort of like, you know, it. what I'm saying is there always seems to be this painful leap from one to the other. And if there's anything the last few years have taught me is that my my optimistic hopes are that this is another of a painful leap. Even in the sure. idea that, like, when Barack Obama, I know it's dark and morbid, but when he was elected president, I was like, I voted for this guy. I'm all about this. I don't think he's going to make it through the presidency. I thought he yeah. was going to get shot. Yeah. I thought he was going to get shot and killed in the first four years <laughs> because I already knew these people existed. And and then not only that, he made it through eight. He's not only still alive, he's fucking his jump shot still wet. Like, oh, <laughs> you saw the video too oh fuck yeah dude he dropped it you know that's yeah. what i do um and like you know not only that he's like he's one of the more famous people in america an influencer like him and his wife and his kids are on their way up this like legacy family that you imagine you're gonna be hearing this name forever i didn't even think that was possible you know so i do you know, Jeff, I know we went through this. You were one of the first quarantine episodes. <laughs> yeah, I, I wonder if that person in, in my neighborhood who listened to that and told me I need mental help on <gasps> oh, yeah. on Twitter. Um, I wonder if now all those things that they're like, oh, okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. You got attacked for that. I, would I don't think that person was trying to attack me, but, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> that's all I'll say about that. Chris, do you think yes. there's do you think there's any truth to w what I'm saying? Does it make you feel any better? Um, it, 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 in or were you just feeling fine in the first place? He's feeling fine until you said a list of the eight worst days. 
<laughs> For me, 2020, best year ever. I don't know what everybody's so up in arms about. Um, it does, you know, it, it, strangely and morbidly, this is, you know, not exactly related, just not precisely related to what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Or, or, uh, but knowing that other bad times have happened in our country definitely makes me it just gives me a sense like you know just very plainly like this too shall pass <laughs> you know like like things are bad and things are yeah. good and things are bad and things are good like it's it feels very very bad right now um and i i have faith that they will not be this bad forever that that's the best i could say <laughs> i love it because that's kind of exactly the point i was trying to get to and listen, well, this is a long way of convincing I, myself. You know? Yeah. <laughs> is it okay if I'm not convinced at all? Still, no, we still no. be friends. No, because you're probably right. You know, and we've even talked about this in person. And I've talked. We've about even talked in person. Well, not in a while, but no. we have talked in person before. I know. And you know, I go through this literally philosophically all the time because I literally have two parts of my brain actively fighting each other on gun ownership and they have been for years yeah because i was raised in a non-violent household preaching non-violence preaching community you know not exactly love for people i mean they were still old salty new york juice but um you know and and but there's this part of me that and then there's this very real part of me that's like i own property i have a family these dangerous people out there exist. They exist with things that I don't have. And rationally, I should have this thing to make yeah. sure that we're okay. Yeah. And, and, and I do believe in that too. I believe I'm being logically and rationally correct in that assumption. But this sort of an outlook is what keeps me away from doing it because yeah. Does the real righteous person buckle down to that fear? You know, does the person who really believes in something, the real revolutionaries, not calling myself that, but being guided by people like that, like they don't buckle down to that stuff, you know? And and the idea of like, oh, I'm going to stock up my house and I'm going to be paranoid and I'm going to learn this weird new trade and I'll put my name in the gun rolls or whatever the fuck happens you know, am I going to do that on the off chance that I may need it? Or will I just go through the rest of my life like being like, nah, fuck that. It's, it's I, too much time is too much energy. And I want to live a different life than that. So fuck that. Can you, you know? just learn, like, say how to um, just like pummel someone? You're 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 a tough guy. <laughs> well, like, like, I feel like if you just pummel. No, like <laughs> you knock at the door and they're like. Hey, I'm a bad person that's ready to do this. And you yeah. just go, pow! And they're like, oh no. And they run away. No, they run away. But then you take their gun, you go, get out, or else. And then that's I, how you, and then you don't have to put your name in the gun rolls. I mean, I've only heard one person doing that. Gun. Isn't that how it works? And his name that's was LL Cool gun, J. Yeah, that's how you get a new gun. <laughs> the only Does that answer st- your question, Benny? No. Benny? No. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. Is he gone? <laughs> Benny's gone. Benny left. 
Wait, am I muted? He mic think... dropped. Benny went to go get a gun. <laughs> <laughs> he's on his way to buy a gun. Oh, wait, I actually... wonder if Benny thinks he's... <laughs> that was, this is a crazy time to leave the conversation. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Uh-oh. Damn. He made his point and he dropped his mic. Wow. Is he... Oh, man. Do I have a, me- do I have a text? Oh, there, he is. Like, there, he is. there he is. There he is. There he is. Why I'm just am I trying gone? To, you know. Am I gone again? Was there somebody no, you're here. at your door, oh. Benny, with a gun? Yeah, Jeff he was freaked me out, and I dropped my computer. Oh, I just ran to the door. Yeah, oh. I ran to the door <laughs> while sharpening my axe. <laughs> and no one was there yeah. proving my point. Oh, I like. I don't want. I just don't want you to have to feel like you need to have a gun. That's what I yeah. want. I yeah. know that's not realistic, but that shit's just sad. I know other people who are like, shit, man, I might have to get a gun. And I'm just like, that's crazy. But, you know, Nazis are empowered now. It's fucking some scary ass shit. I, I wonder, man, I don't know. I wonder if it's just from being Jewish that like this whole thing is just like super, like, I don't know. Like I hear when I, when people are like, eh, People, everybody, it's all the same. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm not voting. I'm like, do you not fucking know about the Holocaust, bruh? And like, yeah. do you, and, like, come yeah, on, yeah. come on. Well, and Jeff, that's not just a feeling. I mean, that's historical accuracy. There are like, you know. I just, are you implying th- that I'm saying that the Holocaust was a feeling, Benny? No, I'm <laughs> saying that there are like thousands and thousands of people documented who wrote things that are like, you know what? I don't think it's that bad. Uh, I feel more German than I do Jewish. Uh, Jews who fought for Germany in World War One, which were many, you know. So, yeah, there were droves of people who never thought that that could happen in Germany. Like, that's that's just exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, That's I mean, the biggest. Yeah. You know what? You can take comfort in those facts, but I think you still have to remain vigilant because democracies have failed and they yeah. can fail and that and yeah. to think that that can't happen is is dangerous but yeah yeah it's okay to be nothing like- nothing lasts forever in its in, in its way that it is and to think that america will never collapse or democracy here is like you know impo- in, in, infallible or impossible right. to break is like the most obnoxiously american way to think about things fucking ever it's just like yeah. nah man we're perfect and nothing goes wrong so suck it you know <laughs> which like, is honestly insane like if you follow like the last two thousand years of world history it's just like the most insane concept too because even in this list i just told you i mean we're so new you know what i yeah. mean like we literally got our white house burnt down 200 years ago by basically canadians yeah (laughs) okay no canadians did burn our white house down yeah yeah Yeah. you know like that wasn't that long ago like all these world wars civil war things that split this country apart like we definitely in this short short history this run of like some kind of dominance didn't really exist in our minds until some sort of like post-World War One sort of thing. Yeah. And even then, even before Pearl Harbor, we considered ourselves some sort of, you know, weird isolationist place that wasn't going to get involved. And, you know, you're and then we, we went there. We thought our, you know, big American cock is the one that did it all. Uh, you know, we dropped our big cock bombs. 
Thanks for saying cock again. You know, had like, you know, 20 years of, you know, big virile hard cocks coming back to America. We did kind of have 20 good years there. Doing a lot of, you know, hard cockery things. 20 Um, great years for white people. And then, yeah. And then I think you're right in like somewhere around Vietnam when everybody in America realized we're fighting a war for all the wrong reasons and being lied to at the same time. I think it shook a lot of faith in like the American government to govern its own people in a weird way. I think it branched like liberalism and these fucking militia fucks, you know, because it it did so a distrust in government because right on the surface, they got caught lying, you know, time and time again about what was happening over there and people died as a result. Definitely fucked with policing, all of it. So I think there's some truth to say in that. But whatever, we're not historians. Well, I'm certainly not. You're not. <laughs> I, I'm, I definitely, I didn't pass the test. <laughs> we have college degrees here, any of us? I thought, yeah. who does? Benny, you sounded like a historian and you were talking about the big cock bombs and doing big yeah. cock things. That sounded like a historian talking. Historians yeah, always historian. talk about cock. It's a British historian. If you say, <laughs> oh, cockney, yeah, you say, oh, yeah, it's, it. it's a <laughs> flippy dippy at the whippy. <laughs> Crass. I like it. Thank you. (laughs) All right. So, Chris, I got a question for you. Thank you. Yes, finally. (laughs) (laughs) You're so polite. How long have you had this entertainment tonight theme in your pocket? Like, how long have you been jamming that lick? Was that from the telephone? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, a, a, A month. That's it? Yeah, no, I, I, I was, I don't remember why I decided I wanted to learn and I just thought it would be funny to do it. Uh, and I have been kind of thinking about the idea of like instrumental cover songs a lot because, uh, something that is, uh, very prevalent in this, uh, this time right now is, uh, everybody is doing comps mm-hmm. for different things and you, are uh, in some some cases suckered into doing them, and some wow. cases you, Wait, said it. He said it. <laughs> you, you you want to do them, and other cases like it's friends, and you're like, oh hell yeah, this will be fun. There's so, like know. eight people listening right now, really wondering which one they are. Yeah. I know that's why I expanded. <laughs> that's why I, ex- I expanded it. <laughs> um, uh, and so I don't know. I've just been thinking about what are more to me interesting things to do in, in spaces like that. Yeah. Um, and you know, thinking of a, like a, a one and a half minute long instrumental cover song was something that I've never like, I've never done something like that before. And I've never, uh, I've never really made instrumental music in any way. Like, obviously it's a cover, but like, you know, you're still like, thinking of you're thinking of it differently when there's not vocals on it so sure, it was yeah. just like kind of a fun thing to do and i'm re- making a recording of that as well cool. i gotta give you credit chris because in my uh very very seasoned and experienced musical ear um i'm being half tongue-in-cheek right now but i have heard a lot of music uh <laughs> i really thought that like in my head, I imagine you've had that lick in your pocket for a long time. 
like that you figured it out on the couch like 15 years ago and have been nibbling at it for a long time because you played it really confidently. Like, yeah, I mean, I only like played it conf- confidence. I mean, I have a mask on. You can't see my f- worried face. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was definitely like that was that's like one of the most I've practiced that riff more than I have ever practiced for any Antarctica Vespucci set we've ever played or Chris <laughs> Farron set I've ever played. <laughs> I could tell and I could also tell by your jump that you were super psyched to get out of that weird little bridge part you wrote and back to the main lick i can <laughs> right. see that you're like i made it i yeah. made it yeah yeah i don't yeah it, it was really good guitar playing chris it you really was I was thank impressed. you thanks very much yeah i don't really have many like back pocket riffs or like i don't re i, I don't think i could aside from maybe a few songs that i have co- a few cover songs that i have like recorded i don't really think i can play that many covers Mm. like i I, like that's something that always amazes me about like jeff and john and like the the death rosenstock band is like how you know how you guys can like figure out a song just together without even hearing it it's like bomb used to be able to do that like crazy and right right. just because we all grew up listening to the same exact music right because we like grew up together so we would just be like oh okay we could yeah. play like 12 Green Day songs without even thinking about it because we've spent the last like 10 years of our lives listening mm-hmm. to this and singing along to it like as we learn to play music, you know? Yeah, totally. I think it's it's weirder now um, doing a cover song or doing a cover anything because I feel like there's more thought to it, you know? Yeah. Let me ask you something. So we uh, covered... Chris, can I talk about the thing that we covered together? Not too in detail, but do you know if that's going to be a surprise? I don't think so. Yeah, it's just who cares. Okay, so we so we did a cover of Damn It and after it was done, I realized I never even listened to that for reference. Did you? Wow. No. So we didn't so okay, so it was not listened to you because we were just like, Yeah, I know how damn it goes. Wait, I, I, I well I will say when I was recording mm. the vocals I, I checked a few things about the vocal melody. Okay. And and I was very confused at different points because it's you know it's a very punk thing and it's like the the vocal melody is not as easily discernible as I initially thought. But other than that, yeah, that's interesting. Not even fact checked. Yeah. No, so like even that, like I'm not. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the structure. Right. Oh, maybe not. Listen, Wikipedia I, made its whole life out of what you guys did. Yeah, it's like, I'm yeah. pretty sure this is what happened. <laughs> you know, it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take them down, Jeff. I saw you doing a show the other night with Death Rosenstock and a hologram of John. Which yeah, is funny. Um, what's what's up with John not coming anyway? What did he have to do? Uh, John lives in New York. I know. Wait, There's a pandemic. Drive? Can't take a drive. Rent an Uber? I don't, man, like, Rent I don't, Uber. okay, so asking him to drive across the country to yeah. to maybe record that set, because we didn't know if we were going to do it. We were like, if we get Seth Meyers done, we'll play a set, you know? <laughs> right, right. Because um, that's what we were there to do that day. Uh oh, seemed see. Seemed not like uh, the right thing to do. It didn't seem like there was any safe way to get him over here. No, like, we were going to be in a closed area together. Is like, I don't know if we felt I didn't know what to do. So that's why John wasn't there. 
Is the other uh, crew that local? They live that yeah, close? Yeah, everyone else is California. So me and Kevin both drove up, and Dan's Santa Cruz and Mike's San Jose. We recorded in Oakland. That's right. And the crew was from San Jose. So how was full-on mask singing? I saw you mention, like, two songs in. You're like, now I can see why all these <laughs> people sit in a room and take their masks off while they do this. It's, well, it's pretty rough. Um, I, it was rough in that it just kept falling off of my face and it was frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, as far as like breathing and stuff, it was fine. But also like I run 20 miles a week with a mask Whoa. on. Um, um, so I am used to this shit. Uh, respect and- to you for doing that. Cause at the beginning of this pandemic in Jersey city, I mean, people were getting really bold with how close their their heavy breathing, sweaty, yeah, barely clothed bodies were coming to me, and I really didn't like it. Yeah, it's no good. I mean, I think there's a good there's a bit of a compromise now that I I will do, which is if you don't fucking see anybody on the street for a while, uh, you know, just hold on to your mask and throw sure. it on when it's time. Um, like when you see Michael Myers standing there ready to kill somebody <laughs> in the house, literally from Halloween that you're running past. <laughs> Uh, but like, no, it's, I don't, I, it wasn't it, like, yeah, it was annoying, but it wasn't so annoying that I wanted to risk anybody in my band accident, getting COVID yeah. on the off chance that they fucking could. Sure. Like, it's not, it's, it's, I don't know. I think with that thing, there are a handful of people who, who were, who maybe saw it as like being a statement that we were wearing masks, but it's oh, like, really? no, we sound like we wanted to wear masks because you fucking have to wear masks in that situation. Yeah, it yeah, just is yeah. what it is. And if it's a like choice between singing in a band and playing music with my friends and I have to wear a mask and it's annoying sometimes, or I don't get to do it ever again, I'll take the fucking mask. It's not even a question. Yeah, it's true. It's, it's part not of the that problem, hard to do. Right? It's part of the problem is that people have, made wearing or not wearing some sort of political statement when it's just like, Hey, if we're all just listening to like super smart people, we would just like be doing this. You know, I, I refuse to believe that people have made wearing a mask, a political statement. Oh, you should believe that. Cause it's definitely a political statement that, there. that where not then I think not wearing it is a political statement. I think wearing it is a sign that you are trying to help your fellow human beings out. I don't yeah. think wearing it is a political statement. I think it's a statement of kindness, yeah, and true. understanding. I think, it, I, I think that the issue being presented as like a politicized thing, with it, where there's like two sides to an argument. Like there aren't two sides. There's one side. There's one side where people. There's one group of people here who are going. I don't give a fuck about anybody else. Uh, I'm going to ignore the data. I'm going to ignore the science because I don't want to wear a mask because I don't like. I don't know. I don't know, ma'am. That's true. I, it, it, no, you're right. You I understand mean, what part, I'm saying? No, I do. It's part of the illusion that, that has been created by people way smarter than me. It's know? part of the illusion yeah. being created by the fucking media, by presenting both of right. these sides as sides and not one side as a complete batshit wrong way to think. Like yeah, giving yeah. everybody equal airtime. Like sure. even giving, like presenting this as like, all right, it's election night. We have these two guys that are going at it. It's like, no, it's like the fucking... Guy who has white supremacist support and who has people like violently blocking other people's ways to the polls, yeah. who's inciting violence. Like it's not 
it's not this two-sided thing. It's a crazy thing. I don't know. It's hard to articulate it. Uh, no, I, because I it's think you terrifying as shit. And it shit, is. if As you shit. ate something spicy, is terrifying. But Jeff, here's what you Correct. need to answer. For me. So you run. Has that person ever had fun while they were running in their life? <laughs> yeah. Because every time someone's have... running by me, they look like they're like grossly in pain or out of breath. I've never it's... seen someone just running down the street, sweaty and like joyfully smiling. I've just never seen it. I don't know if I've done like a joyful smile, but I've definitely done like a, all right, okay, you know? <laughs> so it's like, like you also don't see people like in porn joyfully smiling. <laughs> what kind of. <laughs> I, He's right. Chris, He's do you right. not go to smilesonly.com? <laughs> all smiles, all oh. the time. Everybody knows the only porn site I visit is girlsayingchris.com. <laughs> it's true. No, it's uh, true. I guess you uh, don't joyfully smile when you're greatly expending energy. I smile a lot when I play drums. It's kind of like that kind of smile where you're just like, Ooh. well, I mean, playing drums is different because it's like pure joy. But running could feel like that sometimes, man. Like I have it. I take notes every day after I like track my runs, like just a oh, little really? thing. Yeah, just because like, I don't know. I got leg issues because I'm old and I run, and I'm just kind of like I want to know if if something happens to be able to go uh, back and be like, okay, did this happen before? Or it just helps me do things like remember to drink water every time before I run. Remember not to run if I'm hungry every time, like that kind of stuff. Little yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, sure. um, but there's definitely ones, especially in the past week or two, when I've like bumped my runs up to like five, six, seven miles. That I'm like, this was fun today, where it feels fun. And that's the thing. It's like a it's a depression alleviator. Um, but it's also a gross, disgusting thing where you're just panting and huffing and puffing and you feel like you're gonna die the whole time. So I don't know. Chris. I agree. How Chris, you, you should cardio? run with me. I would love to hey, also actually I literally yesterday bought a bike. Ooh. Shit, that's sick. I'm so excited. It's a nice. Wait, it's, how it's close a, are you to right now? I could, I could, drive. I could ride bike. my bike. To, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's so nice. Makes me want to move to L.A. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Chris, I'll deliver you some pizza. You would, you would hate the pizza scene here, man. It sucks. Yeah, I know. You can't <laughs> well, get a slice. I mean, if you just can't. I've never... The last time I toured the U.S. with Mercy Union, I didn't eat anything but Mexican food from basically like Texas to Oregon. Uh, just because I really missed Southwest and West yeah. Coast Mexican food. Right. You don't need to eat pizza while you're over this way. No, you don't. It's if not- you live here, you're kind of just like, ah, shit. I wish there was later Better, more. I just wish there were more good options. It's not even like the pizza's bad. It's just like they're weird. It's weird pizza. Pizza's in shambles by us anyway. It's weird. Pizza. Oh, what not do you mean? Same. Ever since Dude, this, this is what I want to know. What's going on with pizza over there? Listen, I'll tell you. So ever since this mini overpriced Neapolitan pizza craze kicked in. Oh no! You know where like you yep. go to a place, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I'll take like a cheese pizza, and it's like. Just this 10 tiny, inches, 15 bucks. Tiny little guy burnt by hickory wood, just covered in sauce with like 
three little dollops of something on top of it. And I'm like, well, it's still pretty tasty. It's fine. It's good. But it's like that old style of just walking somewhere and getting a slice, like a slice of pure New York style, thin crust off the pie. Yeah. Style is seems like it's dying. It's in it's Jersey going, or in New York. Both. It's it going the way of the Jewish deli. You know, Damn, like, that's like, some sad shit. It is like you either you go to the city now and your options are like, oh, we do mini Detroit style squares. Oh, <sighs> we do Neapolitan or For we Detroit style pizza to have been taking over New York. Yeah. Pizza. Yeah. The last fucking three years makes me so angry <laughs> ever since you left, Jeff. It was while I was there, too. And my band always gives me shit about it. They just send me pictures of Detroit-style pizza all the time. (laughs) Like, look, it's a good spice. I'm just like, fuck you guys. (laughs) But, yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry to report. My pizza report is no good. Brad, I'm I'm, I'm right in this, right? Yeah, you may be be being a little negative. I'm traumatized. (laughs) I feel like at least, like, the East Village, Lower East Side scene is still... I mean... As my 12-year-old likes to point out, she's near her school. They have, like, they still have dollar slices, which that's, blows that's my exactly mind. That's exactly part of the problem. Those are Sick. terrible. Yeah, yeah. No, but, it counts. It's good. Two brothers. Gimme, gimme. Oh, I, love I it. hate two brothers. It but, takes, it, they cook it in less than, less than a second. Dude, I, there's, there's, like, four slivers of cheese on a yeah. two-brother slice. Gimme a shitty-ass dollar slice. I want it. Yeah. I can tell you from experience working at pizza places... Cheese is what dictates the quality. And it's because cheese is the most expensive element. So if they're selling you a 99 cent slice, more often than not, it's lacking in cheese. All pizza is good pizza. Yeah. It's hard to, it's like, you know, what do they say? Pizza and sex, right? Who says that? They say pizza and sex. Pizza is still good, right? You know who came up with that phrase? Chris Farron's family. (laughs) Hey, we're from New York. We got the biggest blip you ever seen. (laughs) Hey, guys, this was fun. Thank you. So I don't know what's happening in the world right now. We were just off of social media and phones and TV for two hours. I don't think we're going to know. This episode's airing. I've checked in once or twice. Where, where, Everything's was, still was, the same. I, was I not supposed to be staring at my phone the whole time? <laughs> <laughs> so when this comes out, it'll be Wednesday morning. It will Something be, will be, we'll know how last night went. November 4th. And we're either going to be releasing this episode uh, going, oh, it was funny we did that. Or, oh, this feels kind of weird. Um, but it's coming out regardless because I'm posting it tonight. So you're browsing tonight. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Brad does. He says in order to get it going by early morning, you got to post it at night. bro. What's nighttime for you? Well, we go live at (laughs) 3 a.m. Because iTunes often has a has a delay on it. Wait, Brad, don't give up up podcast secrets. You really don't have to worry about us. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, probably following that. It's following that advice. Brad, this is the competition. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Back to the eye, man. Maybe it'll be out this week. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, Yeah, guys, uh, you want to do some plugs? Yeah. yeah, new episode of Bat to the Eye, man, out on Friday. Jeff, what movie are we watching? I don't think I'm... 
uh, gonna commit to this. All right. <laughs> uh, but maybe I don't know what movie. I'd have to look. Great. Ooh, Sorry. Good plug. Uh, but you should let. But there's so many episodes. Just whatever. Listen yeah, if you want. The catalog. Why should I listen to the catalog? Uh, if you don't like Lost, you can listen to the last ten episodes of or whatever of our show that were about Batman instead, <laughs> or the last two that were just about other movies because we yeah. didn't feel like watching Batman movies. <laughs> what is the out of at, now? Now I'm curious. What out of watching Batman movies for that time? What do you think the best Batman movie is? So far that we've watched is to so the far dark. Dark Knight, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. It's a good one. Mike's but so like far. the bad ones are fun to watch. I, I really, I liked Batman Forever a lot still. It, Bat- it held up in a way I didn't expect it to. I had fun watching Batman 66. Yeah. That, that was, was really That's fun. a really fun one. Yeah. And the first Batman, of course, is a classic. I think yeah. we have Batman Returns on deck. We have yeah. a bunch of good ones on deck and then also Suicide Squad. So I'm yes. not sure. Returns is still good. You'll enjoy it. Yeah, Returns was my favorite of that chunk when I was younger. Well, everybody listen. Uh, Batman and Robin is so insane. Yes. Why? It's it's just a, a it, absurd movie. Is that Chris O'Donnell? That's George Clooney, whose first line oh. is, Hi, Freeze, I'm Batman. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, yeah, Jeff and Chris... Thank you for coming on on the election day, Tuesday. Yeah. Nice to talk to you, Benny. Think, nice to talk to you, yeah. Brad. Yeah, I think this format of not really having a lot of questions for you guys, I'm never going to do again. But I still had a great <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. We did it. Cool. We did it. I hope right. everybody listening, you know, had this, this uh, helped you, helped you throughout your day. Yeah, yeah, the the list of the eight scariest moments in American history. I'm sure that that really eased everybody's minds. <laughs> I hope talking about the Holocaust, uh, whether or not we actually have to get guns now uh, to defend ourselves. I hope that really just cheered you right on up. Yeah. All right. Let's get a sound effect to end it on an up note. Hold on. <laughs> oh, shaving like. Choo choo! Uh, Is that a time, Benny? <laughs> nice. <And> one. All right. Yes. Well, let's keep this intro. I think we're probably about two hours into this episode going off track. Yeah, I think so. So anyone who's still here. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for seeing this through all the way to the end, especially my wonderfully uplifting topic. It helps me. I don't know. It helps me. I would like to think that. I mean, I know for a fact that a great 
portion of going off track is, as you say, questions that you want to ask. And I think that's absolutely, totally fine because the truth is, is that like you're, you're the everyman. You're asking them for our audience. So I'm the everyman. Yeah. You're the everyman for, for Mm -hmm. our audience. Is it because I bought a chainsaw? It's because you're a drummer. (laughs) I do know how to handle wood. Isn't a drummer, isn't a drummer the blue, the most blue collar guy in a band? Yeah, we've been through this. Yeah, yeah. He's either, they are either the most utilitarian, blue collar, you know, uh, resourceful person in the band, or they're like fucking Frankenstein, you know? And you just kind of got to lead them around, like clicking your fingers. Anyway. So I'm not sure. But if anyone's still here two hours in, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening today. Um, and thank you for always listening to Going Off Track. Brad wants to get me a new microphone so I can take these little earbuds out. <laughs> so maybe consider going to our Patreon and becoming a member if you'd like. We have some fun stuff on there and secret videos and polls. And I'm going to start chatting with people. Yeah, whatever. You know, that shit. Um, <laughs> or just give us a good review on iTunes. Follow us on right. Instagram. Um yeah, some guy said he would rather listen to Going Off Track than have sex. Did you see that? Yes, I did see that. That was, it was crass, <laughs> it's a bit, but I appreciate it. It's a bit it. extreme, but you know what? He needs to find a better, some better people to have sex with, maybe. But you don't it's have to true. find a better podcast, because obviously there is none. No, you're in the right place for that. <laughs> I don't know where you live, friend. I would try to help you find better sexual partners. <laughs> it's just out of my wheelhouse. I'm not a madame, you know? Never done that sort of thing. But uh, I, I'll take the compliment. Thanks. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I appreciate it. But thanks to Chris and Jeff. You know where to find them on social media. Uh, I didn't look it up. I just follow <laughs> them. So <laughs> follow Chris and Jeff. But they are both extremely active right now. Um, Jeff released an album from home. Chris has been releasing songs that are really good. Yeah. Uh, some of his best. Did that Entertainment Tonight cover, which fucking cracked me up. Uh, And yeah, Jeff is doing the live, you know, did a great live stream. He was on Seth Meyers, put out uh, his collection of new songs. So my friends Jeff and Chris are staying incredibly functional. I hope as a uh, progression of their function, they write the next Antarctica Vespucci record that I can drum on and tour with. So... Let's hope that's happening. I mean, they live close enough together. They have all these funny noisemakers. Might as well, right? (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Come on. So that's that. Let's go. Let's go see who won the election. Oh. Okay. Yay! Go America! And hopefully we'll see you next week. Maybe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BolinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.